Hello and welcome to Digfin Vox, Voices in Digital Finance. I'm your host, James DiBiazio. If you enjoy what we're doing here, please give me a like and get the YouTube algorithm to take more notice of what we're doing so we can spread it to more people. My guest today is Gil Bashan, Chief Commercial Officer at Strongnode, a U.S. technology company that is developing games for all kinds of people to participate and in some cases earn money. I spoke with Gil about why is this happening, who's benefiting, and if you're sitting in your office at a bank, does this matter? Gil Bashan, welcome to Ditchfin Box. Thanks, Jim. Uh, really appreciate you having me. Uh, there's a lot of cool things that are going on, and I'm really happy to talk to you about them. Yeah, great. So we have uh, this is going to be an interesting segment. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, you know, obviously, Digfin is all about it's you know it's about finance. It's putting the digital into into finance, whether you're an institutional or if you're a startup. Um, and, and so the idea that we're going to be talking today about gaming seems kind of lateral, right? Um, but obviously, we're seeing some intersections that are first happening in the crypto space, which might be, again, a little bit edgier for, for some people in, in financial services, but still, I think, could start bleeding into, uh, into fintech more broadly. So uh, great to have you on, on today's program. So tell us a little bit about the Strongnode, the company that you're, you're working with, uh, and, and help us understand a little bit about just first, I guess, what you guys are doing, and then we'll talk about uh, you know, some of its relevancy into into both blockchain finance and perhaps broader. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm chief product officer of Strongnode. Uh, what Strongnode does is it leverages uh, people's idle resources on their smart devices, on their laptops, um, smart TVs, uh, you know, t uh, phones, and uh, utilizes those to basically power an edge network. Um, that edge network can be used um, across different industries, similar to how all these different real world industries use Amazon AWS, they could kind of leverage our technology closer to the edge user. So reducing latency, um, bringing on, you know, more security. Um, and then, you know, kind of the way we're going about that is we're building all these real world B2C platforms uh, that, are, that are going to help scale that network in a symbiotic way. Can you just, okay. When you talk about scaling these networks in a symbiotic way, just give us an anecdote, like bring this down to a, a real life example so people understand what it is you're, you're trying to achieve. Sure. So, you know, using kind of the network effect, we know that in order for a network to scale, we need to have more users on the network. Because if we're going to be using, or I wouldn't say using, but if we're going to be leveraging uh, the power of different users around the globe um, to power our network, we want to make sure that you know, we have even distribution and we're able to scale that out. Um, so, you know, a good example of that is our first innovations lab platform uh, called Original Gamer Life um, is going to basically bring in or work to bring in the billions of traditional gamers that are, uh, you know, playing games around the world and bring them into this network. Okay, and then once you track people into the network, then what do you do with them? Like, what, you, you, you amass, I mean, there's lots of platforms out there that, that are built around amassing lots of eyeballs and attention. Um, what, what is the, the next thing that you would do that, that's relevant? 
So the, the, the platform itself is leveraging a blockchain um, in order to um, in order to maximize uh, the amount of money that people can earn uh, by playing games. So there's this new kind of wave coming um, around. A lot of these games are popping up with a play to earn model. Um, what play to earn means is, I mean, it's it's pretty self-explanatory where, you know, you play a game and you are rewarded in some way. Um, you know, in the back end, what you're doing is essentially you're playing this game. Um, it's usually a, a, you know, the kind of like the free to free to play model. Um, and in the back end, it, you know, you're basically playing the game and it's basically like pulling levers and pushing buttons um, in the DeFi world. Um, so this is where we kind of get into, you know, fintech more where DeFi is starting to, to, you know, bring on some benefits that the average person can really tap into. And is this something that players are aware of? I mean, do they need to even be thinking about this or are they just playing a game? So that's, that's where, that's where, you know, there's different schools of thought. Um, there's a lot of companies out there that really, you know, in terms of marketing, um, they really focus on the blockchain part, but we know that this kind of dissuades a lot of people from getting involved. You know, blockchain and crypto is very confusing. You know, a lot of people still think it's very scammy. Um, and we, and what we want to do is make it so simple, you know, since we are a technology and gaming company first, we want to make it so simple that people don't even need to know that there's blockchain in the background that is helping them um, earn money by just playing games or in the strong note sense, um, by just providing their computer while they sleep to power this network. What is it about gaming that makes it so attractive? So, you know, kind of growing up, um, you know, it was always like, oh, games are just for kids. Mm -hmm. But that stigma of gaming just being for, for children has kind of uh, gone away um, as we're all aging. And a lot of us uh, do kind of, um, you know, we love to kind of disconnect or, or even connect with uh, different people, with our community, with our friends, our family through gaming. So especially during the pandemic, gaming has really been a lifeline for a lot of people uh, and helped them thrive and connect when, when things have not been as easy uh, to do so. Uh, so we kind of see gaming as um, a way, and this is what a lot of these projects are doing, is they're seeing gaming as a way to get people more involved in the blockchain space. What, what's the blockchain all about in this context? Like, why do we need it? Like, um, blockchain technology is kind of slow and clunky compared to the, the, the centralized operations that power, you know, all the slick games that are out there, whether it's, it's Fortnite or Call of Duty or something like that. Um, you, you know, why do we even need to talk about blockchain in this context? Well, what, what you could do that's really interesting with blockchain is you start to integrate different smart contracts. Um, you start integrating NFTs and access to things in in an automated, decentralized way. So it really allows for people to, um, to access different things um, in a streamlined, easy way um, where there isn't a centralized source that is able to cut you off. Um, you know, if you... You know, we're seeing a lot of a lot of these gaming platforms that um, are like, you know, you know, basically like banning NFTs from their platform and doing this. Um, they're, um, you know, they're 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 basically kind of 
um, looking at bad actors in the space and, and pushing them out. And I'm not saying that we're not going to have some sort of governance within the system, but when you, when you look at blockchain, you kind of, it's more of, you know, you start talking about the web three, um, you know, uh, buzzword that we're seeing flying around everywhere where, uh, the power is in your hands. You own your own data, um, and you're able to get paid for, um, how you interact with this new system. What are the, you know, what are the economics that we're talking about? Why would somebody be attracted to this um, as a means of, of income? So we are focusing on, you know, other countries like the Philippines and Africa and parts of Asia uh, for this, uh, you know, first, um, you know, just because we do see kind of that model, right? Axie Infinity was a great example of this and still is an amazing example of providing a simple game for people to use and they're able to earn um, you know, enough of a living wage to really change their lives. Um, you know, what might be a small amount for, you know, uh, you know, of income per day for other countries, um, it's a different story in like let's say the Philippines. So um, we really want to focus on those countries first for a lot of this play to earn stuff. But beyond just play to earn, um, you know, it's really about maximizing those yields. So, you know, there's play to earn by itself, but then we see strong node playing uh, a major part in maximizing that um, earning model uh, by providing the ability for people to provide uh, their computational uh, CPU power uh, to power this network. So in other words, you're, you're, help, you're, you're giving people access to these games through your own computing power. Um, yeah, more or less. We're providing um, we're providing a platform that gives people access to all these different games, um, allows them to easily connect with other people around the globe. We kind of want to recreate uh, the LAN party of of you know yesteryear. Um, you know, growing up, I I loved you know basically bringing my massive computer to you know a big uh, you know to somebody's house or to just like you know, the cafeteria at the school and playing games with others. Um, and you know, I, now more than ever, people are more isolated, more indoors, and we still want, want to uh, bring that to them in, in a certain way. So we kind of see us as that enabler uh, to help connect communities, um, help advocate for, um, for different things, especially around, um, you know, there's a lot of things that are plaguing the gaming community like toxicity. So we want to be kind of, that uh, thought leader in the space when it comes to not just gaming, not just play to earn, but also just uh, creating a better environment for, for people to, to thrive. Yeah. So I looked at, at OG Life, um, one of your, your projects, um, and they talk a lot about um, different types of communities. Can you just give us a flavor of, of what that means in, in that context? Sure. So, you know, what when you talk about blockchain, you talk about, you know, um, you talk about, um, one thing I want to talk about is like NFTs, for instance, um, you know, you know, NFTs are kind of a bubble right now where there's, you know, all these apes and animals and, you know, there's all these things that are, the prices are inflated, but like, you know, as we see in most market cycles, you know, that kind of, you know, before there's adoption, there usually is an inflation of a bubble before it pops. And then there's more adoption as, and during that bear cycle, things are built. So NFTs are here to stay um, as a way to provide basically identity and access to certain things. Um, so 
Um, in this sense, uh, we see kind of um, NFTs giving different communities, um, basically giving different communities um, the ability to know um, kind of that whoever's in their community should be in that community. So a good example of that is, you know, we brought on uh, mil militarygames.com, which is um, a group of 5,000 military veterans um, that love to game together. Um, and we envision kind of um, identifying them as veterans, uh, giving them an NFT, like an anonymized NFT that shows that they're a veteran going through all of the kind of identification process in the back end where we don't actually have access to that information, but we're able to verify that they are indeed a veteran and then giving them um, basically an area in a metaverse to, uh, you know, to be together. So creating all, like we could create a military base in our metaverse where truly only military veterans can come together and, um, and play games and talk and uh, yeah, just be there for each other. Okay, interesting. Why don't we take this out, maybe extrapolate a little bit beyond what you're building right today and sure. help me understand um, where this might be of relevance to other types of institutions. Um, you know, obviously in my world, it might be financial institutions, uh, but it could be, it could be other types of enterprises or, or, uh, or, or groups. Um, you know, how do you see this potentially being used um, in, in the broader world outside of just, you know, the narrow focuses of what you're, you're building? You know, do we have a sense of where the sort of NFT-based coding uh, behind the scenes of, of people interacting virtually, whether playing games or doing something else, where, where do you see this going? Yeah, so, you know, we're building something called StrongNode ID, which is, you know, basically a KYC platform that um, anonymizes uh, who the users are, but kind of tells different platforms whether that user should have access to something or not. A good example is, you know, being in the US, I might want to play games. I might not be able to necessarily interact with the token because of possible SEC rules and things like that. So, um, you know, there could be different restrictions across uh, different platforms, especially when you talk about, um, you know, maybe staking stable coin to get high yields, things like that. So being able to um, identify who the users are, giving them an NFT that gives them a certain level of access to different platforms, um, and then uh, enabling them to basically, and teaching them how to access those, uh, those different services. Um, a good kind of uh, crazy example, but a good example would be like, you know, Kim Jong-un might want to play games on our platform. Uh, we might say, okay, you can play some games, but you can't necessarily interact with the token because we, you are in a country that you know uh, falls under laws where we, you can't use our token, but you can play games and have points on on the system. So um, you know there could be users that basically everything they do is just with points, and there could be users that have higher access because they KYC'd and they um, identified themselves um, as people in a country that that are able to interact with the token and then they can get additional benefits from um, being in the blockchain space and being in gaming. Yeah. How does the KYC aspect work? There's different levels of KYC that we're going to bake in um, because since this is an anonymized system, um, we could have, we could incentivize people to actually provide more information. So it kind of in a world where things are going cookie-less, uh, this could actually become a pretty powerful tool to know um, interests of people 
but without actually knowing who they actually are. Um, especially when we, we talk about GDPR and all of these other, um, you know, other kind of restrictions around uh, right. holding data, people's data. Data, uh, data yeah. Data. Yeah, exactly. So we're building out a system that allows us to identify who somebody is, but without actually knowing who they are. On the DeFi aspect, and in general, with uh, these the business models that are being built around uh, gaming protocols in the blockchain space, um, the network effect is obviously very important. Um, but how important, like, is it the whole thing? So, for example, is the the revenue generation and the ability of the players to earn based on an ever-growing group of people, i.e. it only works if you're adding more people, or is there a point where you can still generate revenue and still have a business even if user bases fall off? You could still have um, a revenue-generating uh, system even if users fall off, though. I mean, obviously, we're going to be building and adding um, so many different things to this that we can't see why people would drop off uh, because we do see kind of uh, we see a lot of a lot of holes in the the gaming space and a lot of holes in the blockchain space, and we really want to fill those fill those holes. But then, of course, you're monetizing their data, right? I mean, anything that's free, there's there's not really a free lunch. I mean, they can play, but there's you you're taking that data. And what is the way that you want to use that? I mean, how how do you use that both for your own commercial purposes as well as for for the members? Yeah, we haven't we haven't fully. Uh, we haven't fully baked out exactly um, how, what we're gonna do there. Um, since it is anonymized data though, and if we are able to get people's interest, we could at least on the surface, you know, provide basic advertising in a way where people can actually um, opt into that and uh, get rewarded for, uh, you know, for seeing that advertisement. Um, I actually come from the digital advertising space. Um, you know, I worked at Adobe. Uh, before that, I worked at TubeMogul, which was a, a DSP that got acquired by Adobe. Um, and, you know, advertising obviously is still a massive industry. Uh, and we're seeing players like Brave, you know, Brave is a, a great company uh, that's actually uh, rewarding people to watch ads. So we see more of a system like that where people can opt in or out um, and can get, can, can get rewarded if they, um, if they see ads, but they still want to see ads that are relevant to them. And that's where kind of providing more information around their interests in an, in an anonymized way can really um, uh, help drive engagement, help drive uh, clicks uh, to our advertisers. Last thing is, if I'm I'm sitting in some big enterprise and you know I'm, I'm in my I'm on my desk or in or the board boardroom, um, and this stuff seems like it's a leisure activity, it may not have anything to do with with me. Um, but although maybe maybe me or my family members are gamers in, in our free time, um, what how should they be thinking of of what's happening in this space? Is just is this just some crazy stuff, uh, leisure activity with some with some blockchain in it, and and therefore not relevant to me? Or are there things happening that you guys are building and and people in your space are building that that large institutions should be thinking? Oh, this is something I could use, or this is something I need to keep an eye on. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot about metaverses. I mean, Facebook even changed their name to Meta. Uh, you know, this wave is moving very quickly. Uh, and, you know, as people start to uh, plug in to these different game environments more, or they're actually evolving from game environments to more just like, this is your actual environment. Um, so, you know, logging into a game, running around with your friends, 
doing that kind of stuff. Um, that environment is still is very powerful if you, if you realize that people are, you know, going to be playing this for hours. Um, you you can really create different micro economies within these systems. Um, so if you're a traditional company, um, you know, you might want a presence in that space. Uh, you know, this is a new form uh, to get people to to use your services um, and to and where you can actually advertise to them. Right. Um, and in regards to just the space itself and why people should care is, um, you know, if people realize that they could, um, you know, for instance, take some stable coin and stake that stable coin uh, and basically provide liquidity into a market in an automated way, similar to how banks do it, um, but, but, but make basically get rewarded with a higher yield than they could in traditional finance. Um, you know, more people would jump on board, but you know, people's appetite for, uh, you know, basically people's people's appetite for um, for possible scams and, um, you know, basically crypto in general is not is not very high right now. So um, as the system gets simpler. Um, as more gaming elements get integrated into it, uh, I think people will start to kind of um, be able to access it in an easier, uh, more fun way uh, and less confusing, really, because all this stuff is very, very confusing um, and the UX is not very good in, on most of these systems. Um, so when you bring gaming in, it really simplifies it for people. Right, great. Gil Bashan, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Digifin Vox. Been a pleasure speaking with you. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, uh, really look forward to, uh, to talking more in the future.